Yeah, I think we're good. All, All right, right, cool. So, welcome to Beer and Bible. Um, we have a special treat tonight, or actually <laughs> the same kind of shit that you usually get. <laughs> so, we got the fuck rid of Neil and kicked him out, and we got a new guy tonight for tonight only. Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> How'd you get in here? Uh, I am Joey McCollum, and uh, so what I'm doing here... Yeah, what do you do? What okay. do you do, Joey? Yeah, so... Uh, by day, I guess you could say I am a mild-mannered software engineer working at Virginia Tech. Nice, nice. Uh, but by night, I don my mask, my cape, and uh, I work in textual criticism, specifically for the New Testament. Textual criticism. So what? What is textual criticism? Text, textual, 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 textual. I'm gonna let you say it the rest of the time. What is it? <laughs> so, in order to define textual criticism. I probably would do best just to talk about like the problem that it is solving first. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So the problem I hear, or well, yeah, so ahead. you're going to get to the problem, but like what I hear a lot is the, uh, no, no, actually. Yeah. You go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to enjoy my beer. Tell me the problem and then I'll tell you, and then I'll talk to you. <laughs> okay. Sure. Damn it. I've already had one of these. <laughs> Oh, by the way, because Neil usually introduces me, mm. he shouldn't have left me to my own devices. Well, us <laughs> to our own devices. Um, tonight is a flying dog, uh, tropical bitch, Belgian IPA. It actually says on the bottle. I didn't even make that up. Are there any like fruity, fruity flavors in there? It has yeah, like a pink label. Pineapple. Okay. Uh, guava. I've Ooh. never fucking had a guava before. Nope. I've had pineapple. I've had tangerine. I've had a lot of fruits. I've had dragon fruit. I didn't okay. know that was a real thing. Yeah. But I've never had guava. I don't know what the fuck it is. Huh. Anyway, it's good. 8%. I've already had one, so this is going to be rough. <laughs> so, looking forward to it. The problem. What is the problem? <laughs> what the hell is the problem with the Bible? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, So, I mean, some of the people listening may have heard of uh, Bart Ehrman. He is a... Uh, he is a New York Times bestselling author, and uh. he has written several books, mostly aimed at people who aren't familiar with the problem, just talking about, you know, how the history of, like, how the New Testament was copied, you know, was not, like, a perfectly clean history. Oh, gotcha. So it's like, we got a bunch of random-ass dudes mm-hmm. throwing a bunch of stuff together and putting a stamp on it and be like, holy Bible. Sort of. There it is. Yeah, and like what he focuses on specifically is like uh you have, you know, whatever Matthew, you know, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, you know, whoever whoever wrote the original uh let like the original books of the Bible. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, this was of course like two thousand years ago or close to that. So printing press hadn't been invented yet. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, we have we gotta copy these things. The only way to do it is you pay some dude, you know, a certain amount of money, and he copies it all by hand. Like, like rolls? Are they literal scrolls? Like, some of these just like goat skin, or is it like oh, a man. chest with? So some of I know the, this has got a tangent stuff. No, it's but. cool. <laughs> some of the early stuff may have been written on scrolls, but what's neat about the the New Testament is that at the time it was being written, they were taking advantage of this this new medium that was called the codex, which is just basically like. It's a book. Okay. Um, but it sounded like Rubik's Cube as soon as you said Codex. I imagine <laughs> something from a video game. It's like the thing that you have to touch yeah. to save. It like floats in the air. So the Codex, they actually had the books, paper, like I guess something close to what we use. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, 
early on, they used papyrus, so just smashing up reeds that they've got usually out of the Nile River, and that that made a, a nice paper-like substance that you could easily write on. That's awesome. Um, but uh, later on, they found that it was uh, a little bit more effective and easier to produce in places outside of Egypt to use parchment, which is like you dry out the hide of an animal, stretch it out, sew up any holes that are in there, and dye it so that it's you know easy to read on. You just write on that. And then eventually, like much later, we just got paper like we have today. Cool. So I don't get to, it's not the old man, like just like with a candle and a scroll, like laying on the <laughs> ground that he's winding up. As he, he's like, fuck, I got to wind that thing back out. I think I screwed up the first chapter. That's, that's usually how we picture it. But that, that's more like, that's more how the Old Testament was copied. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so that's so. why you're a New Testament guy. You can actually flip through the book. I hate those scrolls. I hate <laughs> those, them so much that I just did New scrolls. Testament instead of Old Testament. Uh, tired of the scrolls. <laughs> All right, all right. So the, back to the problem. We got this guy that has written some books, mm, yes, um, about or addressing the problem of like, where does it? I right. Guess. Yeah. So uh, um, the the problem to say it like as quickly as I can is, you you have these original letters and people have to copy them by hand. So long books, you're copying by hand. Uh, it's you're bound to make some mistakes here and there. And, you know, what's even worse than that is that some people, you know, might have been a little bit, a little bit naughty and. Or drunk. Or drunk. <laughs> and, and copied things in there or taken things out of there that didn't belong there. Gotcha. Um, so, like, you kind of have this. It's like situ- the Da Vinci Code, like, didn't he? Like, he had brothers and, like, a lover and all kinds. I didn't actually see oh, that fucking movie. Uh, when there's some thing about, like, oh, Jesus had a whole family that nobody knows about. Like, I mean, the idea is kind of similar. Like, it's this idea that there were, like, there were things that were in the text yeah. originally that, like, people took out, and now we don't uh, see them. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's, that's sort of, like, the intrigue of it. But um, So that's the problem, is how do we fit, like, how do we figure out what the hell's going on here? Well, yeah, because it was, like, this long game of telephone where you, you have you know, Matthew or somebody writing their letter and then they kind of pass it on to these other people who make their copies of it. Yeah. And then they pass it on to other people who make copies of that. And every step of the way, like somebody might slip up and mess something up um, or somebody might do something bad on purpose and it, it changes the text. And like what we have now is so many steps removed from that. Cause remember this is like, we're 2000 years removed from it. Yeah. Just about. So you could even have some like political stuff from the time, like kind oh, of yeah. people trying to jam that in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we'll, we'll see some examples of stuff like that um, a little bit later, but like, if you read Bart Ehrman's stuff, um, he, he talks a lot about uh, what he calls the orthodox corruption of scripture. So, like sometimes we think about like, we think that the people who would change the Bible would be the ones who were all these heretics and wanted to steer people away from, you know the the original wording or like no yeah they're like this shit is crazy let's switch it up so nobody like gets on board or <laughs> yeah like people are trying to just deviate everything for everybody and you know maybe like make a quick buck off of it or, or just start their own religion off of you know piggybacking off of christianity huh. um and and that that idea was i think that idea was held by scholars for a while but yeah. what bart ehrman says is like maybe it's the opposite Maybe, uh, you know, originally when the authors wrote these these books, they were, you know, not as not as clean cut, not as like organized and orderly as we have them now. But later down the line, you know, people who are really, really religious and really pious and, you know, easily offended by things that didn't make sense would take 
all those uh those idiosyncrasies or like those weird things like trying to clean it up a little yeah make it a little more palatable instead of doing it like this is the way it happened like let's run it through a filter yeah oh okay so like and sometimes like it looks like it was theologically motivated like you know we have to make jesus look better so let's fix up what this text says and again we're not like people listening we're not trying to say like this is why we have the truth of the bible we're saying like (laughs) this is why we have what we have this is this is why what's in there is in there not like this is why it's all true no no no. we're just saying this is why what you're like what when you open up the bible this is why what's in there made it in yeah this is what made the cut yeah i mean and and that that's part of the important thing about textual criticism is looking over all of the data that we have in the manuscripts to see like you know how how different is it and this is one of the things that uh Bart Ehrman does a good job of of talking about like when you think about the size of the problem we have it is over 5,000 like handwritten copies of the New Testament just in Greek and then like that's not even counting all the ones in Latin there's like 10,000 of those or more so now my mind goes from like the scroll laid out to like you walking into a room Mm -hmm. with just like pages everywhere. Like one of those big like medieval libraries where, but every book is open and like strewn about and you're just like scratching your head. Like, Holy shit. Where was I? Like piles and piles yeah. and pages and pages. It's like the beauty and the beast library. Except and you every do this book for fun. Bible. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Damn it. Joe. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you have like all of these, all of these manuscripts, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that survived to us down to today. And here's the thing. Like, no two of them are exactly alike. They don't agree everywhere. And like, you know, if you hear like you know, church talk, usually people from the church would say like the Bible is inspired. Yeah. It is, you know, the word of God. But like, there's this question that arises that like, if all of these, if all of these copies don't agree with each other, and if we don't have the originals surviving to us anymore, like how do we know how do we know what God said? Yeah. How do you know? It? Yeah, that's damn. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. Taking it to the next level. Yeah. That's. Is there, wow. And then that's why I think a lot of people go into textual criticism, at least a lot, like why a lot of Christians go into textual criticism. They want to get to the bottom of this and figure out like, how well can we know that? Yeah. You know, are there things we can't know? This is so funny. I've heard, I've had multiple people like talk to me or friends and stuff. They'd be like, well, it's just a book that was written by a bunch of different dudes and they all threw in their own shit that they wanted in there. And like, or, you know, who knows? It's just, it's just a big scramble. Like they may, it, like, it sounds like a big, just catastrophe of like everybody throwing, not catastrophe, but everybody just throwing their own ideas in like, mm-hmm. let's throw a dash of this, a dash of this and this author, this mm-hmm. author, like, and I'm like, well, damn it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to contest that. Cause that's okay. pretty much what it is. Yeah, and I mean that. So how do you weed through like? So how do you weed through this? In my mind, this huge book of this huge room of books, and I'm gonna keep saying scrolls, even though they're not fucking <laughs> scrolls. Like, how do you? So how, like, what's the process? I okay. guess like, how does it work? Yeah. So, I mean, part of what you do first is you take as many manuscripts as you're able to study, sort of line them up all based on their texts, and figure out okay, where do they all disagree so that we can figure out 
you know, all the places where they do disagree and how they disagree. Gotcha. So like, um, there have been, there have been estimates on, you know, how many, how many different places all the copies that we have disagree. So if you've got like Jesus riding into, where, where the hell did he ride into Jerusalem. on the ass? Into Jerusalem. How did I not know that? It rode that <laughs> ass into Jerusalem. Uh-huh. And you got another guy saying he rode in on a fucking T-Rex. Right. You're like. Okay, they got to write that one hmm, down. But... Wait. <laughs> we got two people saying donkey, one guy saying Tyrannosaurus, mm-hmm. and that he killed three people. We're going to go with the donkey one. Right. And like, yeah. Because the T-Rex one sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you, you <laughs> I was just kidding. His basement that wanted to throw a scroll in with the rest of the men. Uh-huh. There, yeah, um, and part of stud- like part of textual criticism is looking at the differences that happen there and deciding for yourself, like, okay, which one is which one was the author most likely to have written, yeah. and that you base that on like what do we know about the author, like. What time did he live in? Where did he live? Uh, what did he believe? Who was he writing to? Why was he writing? Mm. Like just all of these things that we, you know, want to know about about the content, so we can kind of figure out, okay, what would have fit best when we think about all these considerations. Gotcha. So if you're looking at like a bunch of Matthew stuff, yeah, you can kind of tell like if something comes from out of way in left field, it's like that doesn't even sound like Matthew or that. Right. Okay. Yeah, and like the to go back to your example, like, okay, <laughs> do you ride in on an ass? Do you ride in on a T Rex? Well, I mean, what Matthew's point seemed to have been there when he was telling that story was he said, Okay, this is fulfilling this prophecy that said, you know, behold, your king is coming to you riding on an ass. Gotcha. So it didn't say T Rex. So it would have been really weird for Matthew to write that it was a T Rex. To go out of his way to say right. <laughs> Yeah, to put the focal point on like what he wrote into <laughs> instead of the fact that he's coming in to do a job. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so it's uh, you can almost like hear the like when you read Shakespeare and you're like that's Shakespeare, like the way he writes or the yeah, way, like it's like a style thing. Uh, gotcha. Okay, so you can actually like yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and there are some great studies that like work along those lines, figuring out like what what can we tell about the style of of the person who wrote this this book. Uh, so are you at the point now where you could like go through some scrolls blind and be like, I've never seen that person. Some codex is blind. <laughs> I said scrolls again. It'd be like, and they're like, okay, this is Matthew stuff. And you're like, damn, that sounds a lot like John. I mean, like, have you? There, there are times when that happens. Like, and I, I'm still not like an expert at saying like, oh, this looks like Matthew's language. Or and to so the like people John. listening, uh, Matthew and John both made it into the Bible. They both, <laughs> cut, they both made the cut. So it's like, is it Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Yep. The four Gospels are the first four books. Yes. Nice. I got that right. You got it. That's so much easier in the Old Testament. I can't even find shit in the Old Testament. I can like <laughs> I can look at the table of contents and still get fucking lost. Uh-huh. So Yeah. Uh but like that that is a thing to consider as well when you're looking when you're doing textual criticism, like especially in the gospels. Yeah. Because there's a lot of places where we're telling the same story from a different angle. And what happened a lot of the time was when people were copying those stories down, like they might have been you know, looking at the page that they were copying, like committing it to their memory, and then looking down at the page that they were copying it onto, and then writing it from that memory. I've done that before. I've wrote like the yep. same sentence twice and been like, didn't I write that again? And I'll like put it down a third time. Like, wait, what am I doing again? Just kind of get lost when I'm writing. Yeah. And so. Or lose some detail in translation. Yeah. But now picture that like you, you hear Matthew's version of the story all the time when you're in church. 
and like so that gets really like crammed into your memory so now like maybe you're copying mark or luke so you're reading it off the page but that story you've heard it so many damn times you can yep. go autopilot and yeah. just write down what's in your mind rather than like what you're looking at on the page and this happened a lot of times like we see a lot of places where somebody changes mark or luke's wording to matthews oh shit it's like, that's crazy yeah. <laughs> I, you don't even think about it on that level that's... Mm-hmm. yeah i mean like you the, the more that you do this the more you kind of try to think like a scribe you try to think like okay what are the kind of mistakes that people make when they're writing something by hand like if you were if you were writing something down and like you you repeat the same word twice accidentally or like you you drop a word accidentally without even thinking about it like when does that happen and why um because it happened to, it happened to scribes who were copying the bible too and i thought we were going to clear some stuff up on this episode i think we're like we're making more questions because now I'm sitting here thinking like, gonna... damn, that like, good thing I never had to translate any versions of the Bible. I would have destroyed it. Like, oh, oh man. Yeah, we're we're going to sink you into the pit of despair for a little while. <laughs> when we go to the next one, maybe we'll, we'll help you lift. We'll try to lift you out of there a little bit. Uh, <laughs> man, that's, that's crazy. So, so we know the problem or the idea of the problem and how like, Part of how you address the problem, you know, you get you're familiar with the authors, there's the style, um, the different writings. Mm-hmm. I didn't say scroll that time. Yeah, you got Hell it. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> like, what what else? What are what are some other tools you use to okay. kind of do do the job, like to yeah, sure. figure it out? So another one of the tools, um, like I was saying just a moment ago, was trying to figure out like how scribes thought and how they worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like after the author has written what he wrote yeah and this is centuries later and we're just having people copy it over and over again like how would people in that stage have made mistakes yeah. and like how can we kind of try to work backwards using so you, that you're watching like timeline as reference and going back yeah sort of oh, that's crazy because i even think now like what if the one guy messed it up and then 10 people copied his and then 20 people copied his and 30 people copied oh, his it, that happened yeah like, <laughs> we we have a lot of manuscripts like most of the the later ones that we have agree in a lot of places mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean they were right in all those places like they might have just copied from the same wrong starting point yeah and inherited all the mistakes you can't you can't just count them all up and say you know oh we have a good vote here but you know all of these manuscripts say that Jesus wrote in on on a T Rex, so that must be right. <laughs> I'm glad I said something out there. <laughs> so, do you have like a baseline or something, or is there kind of a? Uh, we can't go down the rabbit hole, obviously, because we're not all going to learn how to like decipher <laughs> these uh, these things. We're not going to go home and do it for fun. Mm-hmm. But man, that's that's way deeper than I thought it was going to be. Like way more. It's so technical, and, and you're translating something that's. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So we talked about go, like going through all this stuff. So I, you may not know off the top of your head, but like physical numbers, like what are we talking? Mm. Like, like I keep thinking of the room with all the stuff in it that you have yeah. to go through. Like what are, what are we talking like the books or codexes? Yeah. So like we, when we talked about the code, like codices, um, there's like codices. I fucked that's it up the, again. That's the plural. <laughs> yeah. Codice is not codex. <laughs> so in terms of how many copies we have, we got over 5,000 copies in Greek, over 10,000 in Latin and several thousand in other languages. Like they were just translations. Damn. Okay. 
so that's already a lot. But um, in terms of the all the differences between them, um, there have been different estimates done. I think one of the most recent estimates was by Peter Gurry. Um, and in his paper, he said he, he pegged that number at about, I think it was over 500,000 differences. Wow. And like somebody else has, I think Bart Ehrman may have used this this figure and said that there are more differences between copies of the New Testament than there are words in the New Testament. Holy shit. So, <laughs> and just, just one more time, last time. You do this for fun. Yes. Damn. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, last time we said, you know, we were going to, we were dropping you into the pit of despair. We're going to try to, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to lift you out a little bit because right. th- this isn't the whole story. <laughs> um, some people like to leave it at that point because it's, just get lost know. in the hole and like, yeah. there's a skeleton in the in the room like under some <laughs> scrolls at damn it codices he's just buried he's like you got lost you can't do that you got to keep your mind right you got to stay focused yeah so like yeah it's it's not the whole picture yeah um and in the interest of fairness like i well we'll talk about sort of we'll we'll paint a better picture of how this how this is we'll break it down so there's a lot of discrepancies but it's not all discrepancies yeah, there's some hope at the there's some light at the end of the tunnel. So, like in the same in the same paper that I told you by by Peter Gurry, he breaks those down and he says that of those over five hundred thousand differences, um, about about thirty one percent of them on average, uh, are things that are obvious mistakes, things that like uh, just are complete nonsense. Gotcha. Um, so they couldn't have been five right. people talking about donkeys, one T Rex. You're like that's that's crazy. That's we got twenty. Well, we got twenty thousand copies saying like this way, and then you got one that's just like a wild card. I mean, not even that. Like, because that that actually, while it, it while it's nonsense, sort of in a theological way, like yeah, it would still make sense, like logical. Yeah. You know, or they're like, he didn't ride into Jerusalem. He rode back to Rome. No, not even that. Like, because really? that that would still be like a sensible thing. Like, it would be translatable and understandable even if it would be wrong. Um, it's more like if they misspelled donkey as danky. Um, mm. Like, it's just something that's like, okay, this doesn't, <laughs> this, this is a word. Yeah. This one <laughs> and usually it's like, okay, these guys didn't actually, they weren't native speakers of Greek. Gotcha. They were like copying this like letter by letter. Yeah, I gotcha. Trying to sound it out or something. Like, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's like, that's about 31%. Nope, nope, nope. Just slide those away. Yeah. So those you can usually say like, okay, yeah, that's probably not original because get to it pretty quick. Yeah. It's an obvious mistake that a scribe made. Um, and so, you know, we can rule out 30, 30, 30% of those right away like that. And those just get burned or they put in a museum somewhere. Oh, we don't throw away the manuscripts. Oh, I was no. like, what, what, oh, what no. happens to Heavens the ones no. that you don't use? They get locked away in a vault? Like, do not ever let these see the light of fucking day. <laughs> there there are some cool stories about that sort of thing that I, you know, we can just take a we'll tangent. Get, okay. Uh, do it, do it. Okay. Take a tangent. Yeah, so, like, one of the most famous manuscripts of the New Testament is called Codex Vaticanus. Um, so, this is like, it's a, from the 4th century, so it's a really old one. And it's a very important witness that we have to the new testament text because it has like a lot of like different different readings like it you compare that to the text the greek that's behind the king james and like it differs in thousands of places wow like it's um so they have fun with it (laughs) well yeah and like what's weird is like 
it's not necessarily the case that the scribe who who wrote that one made all these mistakes. It's possible that he got some a lot of things right that you know the scribes who did the King James Greek didn't get right. Uh, so it's like it may have a lot of correct stuff in it that got lost to history otherwise. Damn. Yeah, but like here's the thing that's crazy. So it was it was hidden away in the Vatican for centuries and like people didn't really know about it until they started like they they went into the Vatican and like noticed that there was this this book there, this old book that people weren't, you know, really talking much about and so they wanted to look at it and write write down what it said so that they could It was just sitting there just hanging out in the Vatican. Yeah. And Nicholas like, Cage hadn't heard about it or, or like anything. Yeah, well, and, and it's like it was weird because there's almost like this. There's almost something conspiracy like about it because like the Vatican librarians would come up when people wanted to see it and they're like, uh, "No, you can't see it." Or like sometimes like people would try to come, like they would manage to get that far to see yeah. it, and then they'd have like a librarian go around and just like talk to him in Latin while he was trying to copy it down. So that he wouldn't to be able try to like, confuse him. Yeah, to try to distract him from what he was doing because like they stab him with the knife just a little bit. Like. Yeah, <laughs> and like they wouldn't let you like take pictures or like they wouldn't let you turn the pages. Like you, you they, yeah, like it was. This was back. This was like a couple centuries ago. Yeah. Now they have it in the basement, like under lock and key. <laughs> no, thankfully now they've they've cooled down about it, and they're like people can they've posted the pictures of it online. So oh yeah, they're like, like no, we we need to put it out in the open. That way they're like this shit's so crazy. Like it were <laughs> but like yeah, it's it's wild how secretive they were about it for oh, all those years. Weird. Um, but yeah, we went down that rabbit hole. It's, it's a great story. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. you get stories like that sometimes, which is always. <laughs> Like those are that's another reason so why they I love don't this. burn the ones that don't match up. We we know that now. <laughs> right. Thankfully, they don't just get rid of them. They okay. they understand that they're valuable. Um, <laughs> there was another one, uh, Codex Sinaiticus, that's also like fourth century, also a really valuable text. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that uh, Constantine von Tischendorf, the guy who you know learned about it, was visiting this monastery up on Mount Sinai, which is where it was kept. And that's, that's, that sounds familiar. Is that old Testament stuff? Is that Jesus? Mount stuff? Sinai is old Testament stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. It's not, I'm not sure if it's the real Mount Sinai, but they think it is. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. So. <laughs> but so he, he goes into this monastery and, uh, they, like he, he discovers that or like, according to him, the monks there were having a cold winter and they were just starting to like use the, the pages of this old thing for, for fire. <laughs> oh shit. So he was like, you like, just like scream like whoa whoa don't <laughs> don't throw these away he like and he said he saved it out of a out of a garbage bin it's like i always felt weird even like before because in high school like i didn't believe in in god or anything like that. i mean yeah. i believe but i was just like fuck it yeah like, i had that rebellious spirit and we would like roll joints out of earmuffs anybody that's related to me <laughs> my family and we would like use it as rolling papers because well, you use bible papers as rolling papers and like some one of my friends they were thin enough up. or like yeah it's like the perfect consistency and so they would pass around i would kind of be like we are all gonna fucking die is what i'm thinking in my mind because i still like even though i didn't follow it i'm like i know he's up there and he is we're about to catch some lightning bolts in the back of our fucking necks right now yeah so i could see that pre that dude rolling up and be like what are y'all doing like yeah. well it's, it's weird right because like the guys who are burning it up were monks like yeah, they're like they're well, supposed this, to be the holy. This shit doesn't matter. This is like the error stuff. Like this is the these are the B sides. He's like, you guys are idiots. I'm gonna kill all of you. Yeah, and that was that was his side of the story. It's weird because like you know the monks have a different have a different story yeah. than that. And like it's this like, crazy guy came in. We're just trying to stay alive. It's a, you know, 
you know, live by the law, don't die by it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a controversy there. We totally went down a rabbit hole for that, but no, I like that. I'm glad like we that. did. That's what, that's what we're here for, yeah. here and Bible. We're trying to uncover the truth. So I'm going to get Neil to superimpose some X-Files theme song, right? Here. Yeah, you can. I'm not going to whistle it. We'll get noted. We're going to get sued. Don't do that, Jerry. We're going to get sued. They're going to come here, and they're going to shoot us. They're going to send us up there with those monks. We're going to have to live off of manuscript paper to, to stay alive. Keep ourselves warm. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Where the hell were we? How did we get here? Uh, so we were talking about... You, so you take the bad ones away, the good ones away. Oh, right. Yeah. We don't actually throw away the bad yes. manuscripts. Okay. But we we just like say with the readings, or like with those like those things that are obviously mistakes, like, okay, this obviously wasn't the reading that the author originally wrote. Yeah. Like, he didn't say Danky, he said Donkey. Um, <laughs> surely, right? Like, yes. I like that one. <laughs> um, so that that's about 30% of that over 500,000 differences. Yeah. So that there. brings the number down a good bit, a significant so, bit where it's not so overwhelming. Yeah, so already that brings it down a bit, but there's even more because if you look at those over 500,000 differences, like half of them are things that you only find in one surviving copy. Oh, right. So, so now it gets serious. Yeah. And like, not all of them are nonsense, Yeah, but it's still dicey because you're like, could it really be the case that, you know, only like this one copy that we have preserved this for us when everybody else went another way? Like it, it could have happened certainly, but it's, it's really hard to believe. You're in the odds game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so usually, like those ones are, are, it's hard to give those that much weight because it's you're you're really like pushing your luck, sort of, so to speak. And that that's like I, I think of like, so, and this may be completely wrong, but like this year, if you like ask somebody like, how was twenty nineteen? Like, how's twenty nineteen going? Like, a lot of people are gonna give you kind of a gist. Some <laughs> person might be like, oh yeah, Trump sucks. Or somebody <laughs> might be like, oh yeah, it was really hot. Or like you know, you yeah. somebody throw out a fact that's like you know, something that's relevant, but then they're like, everybody kind of has kind of the same idea of what yeah. happened at that point. Aside from, you know, so it's like, maybe that was true, but everybody else was talking about this other stuff. So. Right. Like if somebody <laughs> is talking about 2019, like, you know, a series of asteroids came down and struck a bunch of major, <laughs> major cities around yeah. the world. You're like, okay, well, nobody else was talking about everybody that. Was talking about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. So yeah, like you can you can rule rule out a lot of these differences that way, and then like of the leftovers, there it's usually like really easily explained things like you know somebody just switched the word order when they were writing it down, mm-hmm. which you know it it's different, but it doesn't actually change the meaning of of what they're saying. The meaning and the flow is still kind of the, yeah, the it's same. like then Jesus said versus then said Jesus. Oh gotcha. like, okay. yeah. Okay, we get it though. Either that part way. doesn't really matter that that much. That's not going to change the outcome. That's not going to change. The- yeah, stuff like that. Uh, stuff like you know, you'll have places where you you specify like who the subject of a sentence is, mm-hmm. where some people don't. So like it could just say like then he said, or other ones say then Jesus said, and it clarifies it a little bit better. Oh, but I gotcha. Again, like it's not a huge significant difference. Yeah, um, it's the kind of thing that. It's like a lot different, different storytelling rather than the different ways to tell the story rather than the story itself. 
like different focus. Right. And it's not like this doesn't change a major doctrine or anything like this doesn't overturn everything that like Christians yeah. believe. Like we were up on the hill of such and such uh, and he told this story and it's like we went to this place and he told this story of, yeah. you know, <laughs> they both got like, yeah, the parable was right. It's just one guy named the mountain and one guy was like, we went to a place. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're the cases where changes in copies of the New Testament, like where those changes actually are higher stakes with regards to like theology and, and you know, what we believe about Jesus and, and what he did and all that sort of thing. Those are those are pretty rare by comparison. Yeah, like we, we're going to go over some of those ones uh, in a bit just as examples yeah like they're because those are interesting and those are one of the reasons why i love textual criticism um because you get to experience that stuff or actually know about it i never i never knew anything like i've always heard like people say oh some stuff was left out of the bible or it was changed or this stuff. like yeah, yeah whatever i don't care <laughs> but yeah. now it's kind of like really right and i i, I do care and i think it's i think it's really neat to study them yeah um because even if even if like you people don't agree on which ones are right. Like it's still interesting to know that to know about at some point, like somebody did change it. Yeah. And they did it for a reason. And like what were they what point were they trying to make? Or like what did they believe in? And it kind of gives us this history of this whole thing that we have here. Like Well, we're getting to uh a point where we're gonna have to probably push this into episode two. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, Joey's going to be back with us. And we'll... Yeah, that's it. Bye. <laughs>